One thing we'll all remember about 2020 is that this was the year we created the now of work. That's why I've been working alongside Jason Averbook to create this now of work digital movement, a global community, a podcast, media, as much content and fodder as we can provide to shape a new conversation. Flip us to a new mindset, provide guideposts, ask the questions, and bring new answers to the table. The single most important ingredient in creating a new world of work is mindset. That includes unlearning and relearning what we know to be true so we can drive change and create something that doesn't yet exist. Enjoy a dose of Monday Mindset, released every week with me, Jess Von Bank, and Jason Averbook. Hey, Jess, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. May 4th, Monday. Oh my gosh. Today really is May 4th. I haven't been on social media much today. No, tomorrow is May 4th. I was wondering why I haven't seen the uh, May the 4th be with you stuff that people love to share. This well, time I was actually week. talking about the day that this was going to drop, May 4th. <laughs> I already screwed it up. <laughs> yes, we're pre-recording. <laughs> We're pre-recording our second Monday Mindset. I actually love the notion of Monday Mindset, starting the week with uh, an intentional mindset. Yeah, and it's fun to do it on Sundays because we can be as up-to-date as possible. So then Monday, in this case, May 4th, May the 4th be with you. May the 4th. Uh, everyone has the uh, most current thoughts on the top of our heads. Yes, absolutely. Whether our heads are working or not. You know, it's the weekend blur, but we said that weekends don't exist anymore, so I have no excuse. It definitely feels weird. <laughs> I know, it does. But new. Yep. I'm all for new, and uh, and I know that you are too. Do you think everybody has that mindset, that they get excited at the opportunity to create something new right now? Uh, you know, it's a great question. I think, that, you know, especially like for this podcast about mindset, I think that everyone's different. I, I totally think that everyone's different when it comes to this. I think there are people that are builders and I think there's people that uh, are waiting for, you know, what comes next. It's a time of ambiguity. Um, you know, and there are people, I mean, not, I've been saying this for what, seven weeks now that we're at the corner of confusion or the intersection of confusion and opportunity. And there's some people that stand in the middle uh, and kind of wait to get hit. There's some people that shelter in place and uh, go in the confusion and there's other people that, that, that shift naturally towards you know, building and creating the next opportunity. So I actually think it's split. I think it's split, but I think that by nature, most of us are status quo people. Um, I'm not including myself in that bucket, but most people I think are status quo people and you know, inertia is hard to, to get past. And do you think it's the same people? I, I think about uh, creators, builders, entrepreneurs, um, and they're probably the same people who have pivoted pretty hard and are already building into the next, you know, the next phase of whatever normal looks like. Uh, has is mindset the same for those people? You know, I think that it is a lot of the same people, but I also think it creates an amazing opportunity for people that aren't necessarily there to step out of the box that they might live in um, and get there. But 
you know, it, 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 you know, it requires a lot. It requires a, Hey, I'm going to get up in the morning and change the world, you know, frame. It requires a, Hey, I'm not going to be afraid to take chances frame. It's, Hey, I'm okay. If I fail fast frame, it's, Hey, you know, it doesn't matter if I break the rules frame. So there's a bunch of stuff that changes and you have to be okay with that. Um, and if you're not okay with that, it's going to be really hard to build and, uh, and reinvent yourself. Well, the exciting part about, about this, if some, if somebody were to look at it this way, and I know some people who, who have, and who are, this is like a massive, like stirring of the pot, like all, like nothing matters anymore. What was, how, you know, what existed, the circumstance, the, the, whatever hand you were dealt doesn't matter anymore. And the pot has been stirred the deck has been reshuffled. Um, and so if you look at it from that perspective, whatever a person was trying to do or had sort of like hopes and dreams, like what a perfect time to use a completely clean slate and a new set of circumstances to shape your own reality within that. You know, just it, it is a perfect time, but at the same time, I think what's really important, and I think about this every day, is that no one's going to do it for you. Right. So, you, you know, you wake up and you have a blank slate, or as I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, we're writing the book together. You know, there's nothing on the page. You know, if you're waiting for someone else to bring inspiration to your page, you know, you probably have a, uh, you know, it's going to be a challenge. Um, if you're actually, you know, if you actually wake up and you're like, hey, I'm excited to draw on the page, even if I mess it up, you know, or hey, I'm excited to draw on the page, even if, even if what I try to do is uh, deemed as failure or people laugh at me or people say, oh my gosh, you're kidding, you're not going to do that. Uh, if you don't have the mindset to be able to accept the fact that people might laugh at you or that what you're trying to do you know, isn't going to work or that you're not humble enough to realize that uh, you know, in, in building, you know, there's going to be you know, two ups and, or excuse me, two downs and one up uh, every time you do something, um, you know, it, you'll probably go back into the shell. And that's, that's a huge mindset you have to adapt to. And I think entrepreneurs probably understand that mindset. Again, if you're used to building and creating, and if you, if you have an appetite for failure, which is really what it is, because you already know and understand that it's going to happen, that there are going to be setbacks, you're going to make mistakes, but you sort of keep building and creating with that in mind. Um, but some people will be learning that for maybe the first time. I think a lot of people have learned for the first time. I think especially in the, <clears throat> this generation in the last three or four decades where people have been handed things. Uh, and that's not to put down people that, that work their asses off. But, you know, we, we've been able to create things, but it's been within a very small window. So we haven't had to really be that adaptable to thinking completely different about things. Um, I think over the next five years, adaptability and the ability to think outside the box um, is going to be the number one skill set that's going to that's going to drive talent, and you know whether that talent is someone that's working in a fast food restaurant, whether that talent is someone that's doing customer service, whether that talent is uh, you know someone who's consulting, whether that talent is someone who's building software, it it doesn't matter. It's all about how can you adapt and change your mindset, and with that mindset, then start to build um, whatever you did before. So if it was serve food, let's serve food in a different way. You know, if it was write code software, let's code software in a different way. If it was consult with organizations, let's consult them in a different way. So it, the, the core of the capability that you have around doing something doesn't change, but it's doing it with a new mindset that's so important. And 
that's what's going to make or break a bunch of people. And I totally, I, I like the way you said it. It's, it. it's stirring up the world. It's stirring up companies. It's stirring up the talent pot all over. Um, and, and it's, it's, I mean, for, for especially I mean, for me and I think for everyone that's probably listening to this, it's the biggest stir in our lives. Yeah. Which, by the way, last month, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. The last thing is that that's, that makes you feel very uncomfortable. So, you know, you know, when we talk about mindset and we talk about green and yellow and red and where do you sit and, you know, you might be perfectly green, but that doesn't mean you're not scared of shit and you're not uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, I mean, that's really, really important. And I thought about that a lot this weekend. They're like, well, why do I say I'm green? You know, it's not because I'm like, oh yeah, I got this thing handled. I know all the answers. No, I'm scared to death, you know, about what happens next and if I'm going to make the right moves in life and things like that. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm not green. Do you think, I've been thinking about that actually. Um, the fact that I've never said, I don't know more in my life. I don't know. I don't know. The girl's dad asks what we're going to do with them this summer. I don't know. Does it matter? It doesn't, like I have no answers for anything. You and I are working on, you know, sort of, you know, some ideas and, and strategies and things for leap gen. I don't know, but we, we know what we know today and we act on it. And then we act on what we know tomorrow. And we, you know, like I've never said, I don't know more. And I happen to be okay with that. I happen to thrive in the gray, but for people who do not do well in that circumstance, um, this is a pretty scary, uncertain time. But I wonder if, uh, yes, I'm, you know, bright green, you know, 99% of the time on our stoplight uh, analogy that we like to use for mood and mindset. Um, but I wonder if it's because different things have, we, different things are now important. It's, it's okay not to have great big answers or to know how things are going to shape and reshape themselves throughout the year or to have our future clearly outlined for us. It's okay because what matters today is way different. It's literally the health of ourselves and the people who are important to us. And it's having a safe place to shelter. And it's knowing that there's food in the refrigerator. It sounds so weird, but like the, what matters today has changed so much. It's become so basic and instinctual that having bigger answers to bigger things, it doesn't matter as much anymore, perhaps. I don't know. I wonder if that's at play. No, I think it is. And I think the other thing that, um, that people are starting to realize more and more is that each of us are our own leaders. Um, you know, we're, we're our own leaders. And there's people, I mean, if you look at our parents, for example, that felt that they were protected by their employer and that, hey, they're going to take care of me you know, no matter what. Um, I mean, that's, that was the golden promise. And hey, if I have a house, you know, that's the quote unquote American dream. So I'm going to be fine. <clears throat> you know, all of this stuff is, um, you know, I'm not going to say it's crumbling because that's not the right way to think of it, but you know, it's changing and it's changed, you know, drastically right in front of our eyes. So, you know, all of that being said, uh, we have to think about that concept of, hey, we're our leaders. We're in control of our own destiny. And, and by the way, I think it's really important that there's, there are people that listen, that are going to listen to this who don't want to be leaders. <laughs> and there are people that listen to this that just want to wait um, you know, for what's next. And there are people that are listening to this that say, dude, I just don't have the energy right now to do some of this stuff. You know? And I, I, it's really important in this time that we live right now to say that's fine. You know what I mean? That's, that's totally fine. 
you know, and it's totally fine. You have to be able to balance yourself and make yourself feel whole uh, in a time that is different. It makes, I mean, it's different than it was in the past. So I think that's totally, I, I, I personally think it's totally fine, but I think you have to give yourself a break and realize that it's totally fine. You know, you're, otherwise, if you try to be 100% at raising a family, 100% at, you know, making sure that, you, you know, your parents are financially and medically well, and you're trying to make sure you're doing the best at your job, and you're trying to reinvent, and you're trying to build, oh, and you're trying to do blah, 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 <laughs> like you're going to break. So there's only so much of a human, and I think a lot of us are giving 150, 200% of what we're uh, able to do and what we should, you know, probably can do, but there's also days that we just have to realize that in order to keep doing that, we have to take a break. So back to your, your point, you know, we're all our own leaders, but we have to make sure that we stay healthy uh, in both mentally and physically to be the best leader, A, and B, we have to make sure that um, we're continuing to feed ourselves a dose of adaptability and the times that we're not, we can hand off to someone you know, partner, coworker, neighbor, friend, family, to be able to say, hey, I need you today. I need you today to take over, take them, you know, you're taking this lap because I need a break. Yeah, there, I, I agree. I think the adaptable human is probably the most valuable human uh, from, a, from an employment perspective moving forward because the, the shift the innovation, the evolution of things is going to continue for some time. And that's a good thing. We've been, I mean, at LeapGen, we've been talking about digitization of work and transformation of HR and people processes and of work in general for a long, long time. And how many people did you see jump right on that bandwagon, Jason, because they knew it was the right thing to do? Did everybody jump on it? Yeah, no, I mean, for God, I was, you, know, you, know, the, you know, the joke I was making is that, you know, we've been talking about Workplace 2020 ever since Y2K became, I mean, remember Y2K, that was our last tragedy that everyone was going to be gone from. You don't remember that, but I remember that Y2K was the last tragedy. And, you know, we've been talking about Workplace 2020 and Workforce 2020 and how radically different it was going to be and how everyone was going to work from home and how everyone was going to have all these, um, this, this new way of thinking. Well, guess what? Now we have it. You know, when, when we started saying Workforce 2020 right after Y2K, no one thought that a coronavirus was going to do it. it mm -hmm. No one thought it was going to happen in, in a, a six-week period. We thought we'd have 10 years to do it, you know. But what we ended up with is we ended up with six weeks to do it, you know. Yeah. And some, some were there, but most weren't, you know. And now the concept of building is, hey, how do we build this now of work together, which is an amazing opportunity and why I say, you know, what I said in that earlier discussion about how we have to hand the baton to each other is that it's going to take more than one person. You know, I think, you know, from the beginning of this, I've been saying it's not one vendor, it's not one consultant, it's not one company, it's not one person. Uh, it's all of us together creating the new now of work and building the new now of work, um, you know, uh, collaboratively together. Yeah. And, and just because we know that, now is the time and now we have no choice. And, and just because we know that humans have to be adaptable now more than ever, like just knowing that doesn't make it automatically true or we wouldn't have been beating a dead horse for the last however long around, guys, it's time to transform. Guys, digital is the next wave. Guys, you gotta jump on this bandwagon. Just knowing that it's true doesn't automatically create adaptable disruptive humans like we have to practice this and we have to practice it 
together. Because now I, now I think it's more true than ever that we really don't have a choice. I, right. I used, you know, I used to say digitize or die and some people, ooh, that's a little strong, Jess. No, I mean, it, it sort of was true before, but now we're actually seeing it happen. You know, if you were too far behind, you're really struggling right now. If you have no plans to, to transform your business now, I'm not sure you're gonna make it. Like now it's actually true but it still doesn't automatically make us all perfectly equipped to do it. We still need to think about how to do it and how to build and rebuild now. Yeah, and I, and I totally believe, Jess, that the, the concept of build and rebuild, um, the next six months are going to make and break, excuse me, will make or break and will make the next two decades of legacy brands. So the companies that are successful for the next 20 years are going to be made broken and remade in the next six months you're like guaranteed like hands down so i mean every day that you you know whatever you pick up to read or whatever you pick up to listen to or whatever you open your eyes to you're going to see companies continue to reinvent themselves and say wow that's really really cool you know i, I watch peloton every day I and mean, peloton was a bike you know, that, you know, they started streaming and it was an interesting idea, you know, and now I'm watching them every day go from streaming in a studio, you know, where everyone was together to the point, point where, okay, no, no one can go to the studio. So guess what? We're going to have to uh, have empty studios to now to the point where, hey, every instructor is streaming from home and they're figuring out. And if you think about that, think about how many more, how much more talent they can have when they're not constrained by studios. And I firmly believe, and I, I definitely am not on the inside of Peloton, but you're going to start to see some people co-create talent and become these amazing Peloton instructors who don't live in New York City, you know, who aren't even hired by the company, but are putting up their own Peloton classic because Peloton will become a platform that people start creating on. So like, when you start to think about that stuff, like... And I have no idea if that's even their plan, by the way. I may have just created a new business for them. But why not, right? Just like YouTube yeah. and all these people that become YouTube and Instagram and TikTok sensations. Why can't I become a Peloton sensation without working for Peloton? Like, not me personally, but no reason, you know, that people can't do that. So whether it's Peloton or whether, you know, you know on Friday we had someone from Dairy Queen calling, you know, what's Dairy Queen going to do to evolve? Or, for example, I just ordered a bunch of stuff from Target that I'm going to go pick up, like, do I need to have a target open or can I just drive up and have them come out to the car? Um, all of that stuff is, is reinvention. And we're starting to see little green buds, you know, show up on the ends of trees like spring there in Minnesota. Um, you know, and I, I think, you know, I think that there's going to be a whole new set of companies that emerge as leaders. I think that's true. And, and I love the Peloton example. I'm excited to see, and I think it will happen, that some companies completely transform even more than that. And history already shows a lot of great examples where brands used to do something really well, maybe even you know top in their category, that that thing just became obsolete. It just yeah. became obsolete. It was no longer a thing. But the company continued on, and they did something different because they followed they, they continued to transform themselves. Um, there's great examples of that in history. So it'll be exciting to see which companies, um, it, it's pretty hard because I'd like to say read the tea leaves. There aren't, it's, it's pretty hard to even read the tea leaves right now. Um, 
so how so I guess that begs the question. If I if I if I could just really quick, it it's hard to read the tea leaves. You know, if we think about tea leaves as something that's six to nine months ahead, but it's not hard to read the tea leaves of today. Um, and I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind is that the tea leaves of today show me that this is what is possible today. Here's how people buy. Here's how people are thinking. Here's how people feel safe. Here's how people feel threatened. And based on that, I can start to, I can build a plan uh, for today and maybe for the next week. But for those organizations that are used to building these three to five year business plans and like saying, okay, here's what we're going to do for the next three to five years. Like that, we don't know that now. We just don't know that now. And I mean, just as another quick example, I was listening to Apple, Apple's legendary uh, brand. I was listening to the earnings fall over the weekend, yesterday. And, um, you know, sales of iPhones are down drastically. Sales of laptops are up. Like, dude, six months ago, if I tell you sales of laptops are up and sales of iPhones were down, you'd be like, no way. Like, that was the exact opposite of the way the world was going. You know, but now that we're all working at home, now that we're all spending all this time on our laptops, all of a sudden things have changed. So to build plans for three to five years is hard. But to build plans for three to six months, if you break things into chunks like that, it becomes much easier. Um, but that, once again, requires in our topic here, mindset, to be different than it was in the past. You may have to build really, really, really agile business plans um, that have short-term goals, you achieve those goals, and then guess what? You may have to pivot to something else. Yeah, and I think it was you. I, I hope I'm crediting the right person. That concept of agility, uh, if, a, if a people leader or a technology, if any leader thinks about setting an annual plan and strategy and executing that single plan and strategy, uh, that also is probably obsolete because you know, you get 25% of the way through it and the rest of it is already, like things change. Things are changing too fast. We have to iterate much faster than that. So the idea of having maybe a 12 to 18 month roadmap that you update every few months, you know, that is probably more, and again, some companies were used to operating in an agile business model, others were not. So that's another sort of adaptation that probably, you know, whether or not you consider that a bitter pill to swallow, it's reality that you probably have to grasp pretty quickly. You know, there's a great book, um, and I was taught this by uh, two great leaders, Larry Ellison and Craig Conway, back in the PeopleSoft Oracle days when Oracle acquired or set out in a hostile way to acquire PeopleSoft. You know, and the book was called The Art of War. You know, and they talked about it a lot. And I was like, what's this whole art of war thing? What's this art of war thing? You know, and the whole concept of the art of war is, that you have to react to what's going on. So if, you know, if all of a sudden your enemy does X, you do Y. And the next day your enemy does Y and you do Z. And the next day your enemy does Z and you do A. You know, but you have to be able to adjust. And right now, we're, that's kind of what we're in. We're kind of in that art of war mentality where we're watching what goes on. Interestingly enough, we're creating what goes on together and we have to continue to adapt to it. So, you know, once again, the mindset has to be up a rubber band, you know, where I'm going to flex and, you know, flex and not flex, flex and not flex, um, you know, but to the point where I don't break, you know, I have to be that flexible. And, um, 
you know, I wish I had like the, the antidote, antidote, excuse me, for people to like, if there's a magic drink, you know, or something that people could drink and be like, oh yeah, now I'm flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the thing is, is kind of, you kind of have to like be, be all in, but yet also at the same time be like, you know, it's okay if I'm not exactly right. And uh, that's a hard thing for a lot of people. Yeah. And so, so kids, not just my own, but my own too. Kids come to mind when I think about that. Sure. They're the most resi- resilient creatures I know. Incredibly resilient. They adapt to any circumstance. They, they, they'll go along with change. I'm always amazed. And then I wonder why I am that they're as resilient as they are. But they also crave structure and routine. And so how can they be both things? They are. I don't. And so I think the idea of, you know, when we think about ourselves and how much is changing and we have, and you know, now we have to unlearn and relearn everything that we knew to be true. And, and just as we get used to something, it changes again tomorrow. And we're considering how to be these adaptable, agile, you know, uh, contributors for our employers. That's a lot to ask to always be flexing and stretching and um, always on. And now there's no line between work and life. It's all blended and integrated. What if we really want a li- just you know, a little bit of structure um, for our own sanity? But I think that's the idea is that you can still create little routines. You can still create a little bit of structure in your day in your life that gives it some semblance and some order. And that allows you to be nimble and move around it. I do that with my kids all the time. We don't need much. Just a tiny little bit of routine is all it takes. And then they know. And that becomes like their little check-in point. When everything else is fluid, they know one thing for sure and whatever that is. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, I think that kids are a great example to it. And I think that one of the reasons that, um, you know, once again, I always tell people, if you don't have a teenager, borrow a teenager. Um, it's a great, it's great to watch them because the, the brilliance of kids is that they're in the mode of learning. Like everything that they do almost is learning. It's a new right. environment. It's a new situation. Like, you know, my teenage boys, like the stuff they're learning now, like they hear someone talk about something and, you know, you know, I used to go look in an encyclopedia, you know, a b c d you know on my parents shelves you know now they just google it and find or youtube it or tiktok it and find the answer to what we're talking about whether it be something rare like a food you know that they have no idea what it is or as weird as a sex position that they hear someone talk about at a party or they're like i don't even know like they don't even ask for permission to figure out what it is they just like oh i'm gonna figure out what it is myself but they're always they're always learning and I think what's so fascinating about that is that in you, you know, I was on a, um, a webinar with Heidi Spirge, uh, Chief Strategy Officer and Marketing Officer at Cornerstone uh, last week, and you know, she used this concept about work is learning, you know, and that work is you should be learning something every day, you know, and and I completely agree with her on that. And I came back and I said, learning is also work, you know, and I think that if we can instill into us working people, not kids. A similar mindset to what you said that kids have that, hey, guess what? You know, learning is work and let's just do one thing every day. Let's learn one thing every day that's going to help us write the book as to what the now of work means going forward. I think we're going to be a ton better off. You know, she also talked about the beginner's mindset versus an expert mindset. And it's really important to understand the difference between that. Yes, you know, you, I, every, all of, we know a ton of stuff. But if you listen to her definition of knowledge too, knowledge is what you 
No, because you learned it, you did it, you experienced it. You literally know it because it has happened. And right now we're trying to tell people to embrace what hasn't happened. We don't know a lot. And a beginner's mindset embraces that by saying, I don't know everything. I'm going to do this anyway. I'm going to learn it as I go. That sort of fluidity of you know learning and doing at the same time. Um, there's a lot of benefit to that because if you approach everything with an expert mindset and you, you won't tackle something new or, or embrace a new challenge, unless you, unless it comes from a place of what you already know, yep, that's yep. quite limiting actually. Yep. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the title of what we're talking about today, building, you know, mm-hmm. what we're trying to do is to build in order to build, we have to have the tools in order to have the tools. We have to focus on learning, which means we have to, you know, to, to, come up with new ideas. We have to unlearn things. We have to relearn things, you know, that, that allow us to have the tools to be able to build every day. And I think, you know, I don't want to bucket people like this, but I think there's two types of people right now. There's builders and there's waiters. You know, there's people that are building and there's people that are waiting. And it's definitely not a, a negative statement on either one of the categories because builders can drive people insane, you know, and waiters can drive people insane. Um, but I think you need to really think about what do you want to be and make sure that you're comfortable in that. Otherwise, it could drive you crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we, you know, we've been talking a lot about empathy these days in, you know, lots of different conversations. But again, just asking people or being aware of where they are and where they're comfortable can go a long way in um, making sure that they're, you know, that that we're engaging and communicating with each other in a way that's mindful. If I know yeah. where you're at, or if you know where I'm at, what if I wasn't a builder? You're, you're asking me to do a lot of building these days. I happen to love it, and you happen to know that, but what if I wasn't comfortable? Uh, right. That would sure change the dynamic of how we work together pretty quickly. Yeah, and I think it's important that you know, for, for pe- people that listen to this, which I know there's people that listen to this that aren't in business, when we say builders, it doesn't mean building a business. You know, we say builders, you're building your life, yep. you know, and whether that's building a business, whether that's building a family, whether that's building a team of people, you know, let's say I'm a principal or let's say I'm a group leader or a team leader of a group of teachers, you know, I'm building a team and guess what? I'm building it to be different than it was before. And that's, that's all building. So, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, like the like way you brought up empathy you know, I'm building people and I need people to build a team. There's not one builder. It's I need a bunch of people. And in the world we live today, there's a whole new set of how are you doing? Uh, how do we make sure that you're comfortable, you know, enabled to, in order to help me build, in order to help us build? Um, there's a whole new set of questions because I think that, you know, once again, over the next six months, it's such an important period of time. I can't stress it enough that over the next six months, just like I say, there's going to be companies that, you know, build and change for the next 20 years. People are going to build themselves over the you know, next six months. And those, there's going to be some that come out ahead and there's going to be others that, um, that struggle. And the reason that they're going to struggle is because not enough leaders took the time to ask them how they were. Not enough leaders took the time to give them space and not enough leaders, um, you know, helped them through a, a tumultuous time in their life, which is going to be a combination of work, you know, chop, business and economy chop, personal life chop. I mean, all kinds of different chops in the water. 
right now. So like we have to hold on tight. We have to hold on tight to our people, um, you know, as we drive the boat together. And I like that you took that outside of work uh, in the way we think about, you know, how we build ourselves and, and our life. I mean, it's, what are you going to create for yourself? Because then if you reapply that back to work, that also says a lot about the power of the individual in developing um, their career and shaping their contributions. Because I've, I mean, you've heard me speak about talent mobility and I'm a big yep. believer in owning and shaping your own career. I think far too long we've relied on employers to teach us, provide us learning, develop us, uh, decide what our promotion path looks like. And it's all dependent on what exists or doesn't exist within that company. Have they been thought through what succession looks like in this company? And so why would I put so much at stake as an individual to say, I hope you have something figured out for me because I'm not thinking about it. So what a time for us to be thinking about how we can contribute in new and interesting ways, what skills we want to develop for ourselves. Uh, and if I continue to do that within the same company, fantastic for both of us. But what a wide array of opportunities that opens up for everybody who's, every company who's building and developing its people. What if I'm also building and developing myself to think about different ways to contribute? Yeah, yeah. and you know, just, just from a mindset standpoint, what you just said, that's talent mobility. Like, yes. You're the talent. And you're creating, yes. I mean, uh, talent mobility to me is always, I should, I better be careful, but I haven't necessarily, I've never been a big fan of it because I've always said that the person owns themselves, not the company doesn't own the person. Right. Uh, you know, and that being said, I'm creating my own talent mobility every day. I'm the talent. I'm creating my mobility, which means I'm learning. I'm thinking about what's next. You know, I know when it's time to leave. I know when it's time to move into a new job. Uh, and that's a, I, I think that mindset's going to become even more important going forward. Is it, it's a person? It's it's uh, it's me. It's me mobility. It's not talent mobility from an HR doing it. It's me mobility. And if I, as a leader, give my people the chance to to express themselves and to think about and to learn and to create their next, you know, I think I'm going to end up with the best talent. And most importantly, I'm going to end up with the best people that support me long-term. Absolutely. If everybody, let's take that analogy one step further. If we all start acting like free agents who have careers that could go anywhere, I can play for a number of teams in my career and I act like a free agent and think about myself that way and put myself out there that way. If I'm with an employer who also thinks of their entire talent marketplace, their entire available talent, as free agents, you will also act differently as an employer if yes. that is true. And everybody wins. I truly believe everybody wins in that scenario because yeah. they will give me opportunities, opportunities to win a Super Bowl ring or opportunities. To, you will make sure that those opportunities exist for me because I'm talent you want to retain. And that's why, once again, I hope that the now of work mindset um, makes people change and uses that as the the kind of foundation for what um, enables their talent plans. Absolutely. This was a good conversation. Rebuild As always. And building when everything's uncertain. I think build, rebuild. I think learn, unlearn. I think be adaptable, you know, and most important, uh, you know, be a human um, and realize that, uh, you know, that the concept of being a human is the best is the, that's the best of us. 
you know, all of the other uniforms that we put on and the costumes we put on, you know, to go to work or whatever it is, um, they're costumes. But I think if we're real and we're a human, I think that's what's going to, you know, get us through the next six months. And the people that do that best are the ones that are going to, uh, it's not even a competition. They're just going to, you know, I don't want it to make it seem like they're going to come out ahead. The ones over the next six months that do that are going to be able to uh, feel good about this period of time, looking back at it. Yeah. And that's why, you know, thrive, I guess, is, you know, cheesy, maybe we're overusing it, but, but those were the people who, who thrive and, and thrive works because it does have to do with like personal satisfaction and happiness. You'll just be better off if you, you know, sort of, and not conform, but sort of go where the future is going, be part of that shape and create it for yourself rather than resisting that you're, you're going to be fighting a long battle. Um, if, if you try to stay put right now, so can, I, can I tease next week's episode? Yes. I want to talk about performance. <laughs> I just want to talk about the term performance. Yes. Uh, as the mindset. So what does performance mean? Not from an HR standpoint and let's dispel performance management and what it really means, but let's, I know I love just throwing stuff on you like this, but let's, <laughs> let's, let's next week talk about performance and what it's going to mean going forward to perform both from what leaders should expect, but also how employees and, and people, humans in the world need to think about it. I absolutely love it. Awesome. Well, I look forward to it. I hope you have a great week. Happy Monday, everyone. Happy Monday. May the force be with you.